0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Inspired Action Life Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Baldridge, and as you can see, we're doing a little bit different of a format today. It's a little wacky for me to be on video and seeing myself talk back at me, but hey, I'm just doing it, right? Because we're, we're breaking boundaries here and we're doing new things. And I'm starting a new series, as I told you the last podcast, where I am bringing on inspirational guests that I know some of their story, but I don't know all their story. But these are people that I know have taken risks, overcome obstacles, and it means something to me and it has impacted me seeing their journey. And I love the bravery, I love that courage is a muscle and this woman I have here today is courageous, she is brave, she's innovative, she is inspirational, and I know that you're going to feel it right here when she tells you her story of how she's just doing it scared, and she was not going to ex- accept like the status quo that uh, you know I have been droning on for podcasts about just shaking it up, change nothing, and nothing changes. So you know I've been talking about this, and that's why I'm bringing to you some interesting guests. And this is my girl, my friend, former colleague, Miss Kelly Sodegren. And she has so many accolades, but we'll get to that in the in the actual interview. I'm going to let you know what her whole story is. So without further ado, here's my girl, Kelly. Hey there,
1: Kelly. Uh, hi, my love. How are you?
0: I am doing so good. We finally had some sunshine today. So, you know, oh. that just makes... All the difference. Tell me that just doesn't like
1: brighten the day, right? Literally does. It's just, it's just like a halo. I love it. (laughs) It it.
0: is, it is. And so that alone was just something that inspired me, right? Right. So I think that, you know, for, for your story, I think it's always best to, well, anybody's story to begin at the beginning. So my first real, you know, real question for you is. Where'd you grow
1: up? Tell mm-hmm. me about your life a little bit, coming okay. up to where you are right now, and let's yeah. just talk a little bit about that. Okay, well good. I mean, I love my roots and my upbringing, so I'm glad you asked. I'm from a small town, Northeast Ohio, called Wadsworth. It's a suburb of Akron. Growing up, uh, really, we had to drive 15 minutes to get anywhere. The McDonald's came when I was much older, and that was about the only place to hang out when I was in high school if we didn't want to make a drive to Akron. Parents still married, fifty-two years, pretty awesome. One awesome. sister and a great, great little kind of—I would say it was a leave it to Beaver kind of a, a life, a lifestyle. Anna. Yeah, my dad worked really hard, and uh, my mom made sure that me and my sister and my dad had everything that we needed. It was her job to to tend to us, and it was a it was a good little life. I learned super early on, about probably about nine years old. That um, I struggled to feel. Um, what's the right word for it? I st- I struggled to feel grounded, kind of rooted, focused. Focused. I realized yeah. much later on that I had ADHD, and that's maybe a, a big conversation for another day. If you have any other ADHD guests, but I've struggled with it my whole life. But this this is an important part of the story because this is how I fell in love with fitness. So. For me, it felt a little bit like the walls would be closing in, like I'd be home and everybody would be content watching TV, but not me. I felt like, I always say it's like, I wanted to crawl out of my skin. You know, I just, I mm-hmm. felt trapped. And when I felt like that, I... I got very, I guess today, the, probably the mental health term for it would be anxious, I have maybe had anxiety. I was yeah. feeling like, ah, and, and I noticed no one else was ever feeling you know like that. But what I recognized was, hey, if I go outside and I run around, I, f- I feel perfect. Then I can come back in and then I'm on the same level with everyone else. That was an interesting early finding But Mm -hmm. when you're trying to self-diagnose and you don't know you're trying to self-diagnose because you're nine years old, you're more like like Pavlov's dog, right? (laughs) You know, so that's how I grew up being very symptomatic and reactive, right? Like, when this happens, this is how I feel. And then Mm -hmm. I started, oh, wow. Okay, the more I do that, the better I feel more often. And by that, I mean the more physical activity, right? Right. So I obviously was always super energetic. I just have been my entire life. And I remember my mom telling my dad to take me to the little sporting goods store and buy a stopwatch so that he could time me running. And I was a bit like the family pet. I think you know. I needed. <laughs> <laughs> I needed exercise. Well, comparison. Yeah, it was like I needed daily exercise. You know, she's right. got to get all these things before she can simmer down with the rest of us, right? Because I was like, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. Can we do something? Can we go somewhere? I was that kid, you know, really, yeah, really, really annoying for my parents. So my dad went to smee Sport Shop. Shout out to Smeeze in my hometown. You're not there anymore, but uh, it was great <laughs> memories. That's actually where I took my first live aerobics class at Smeeze Sports Shop. And that's really a, that's, a that's another story. Yeah. yeah, I was in love with all that stuff from an early age. But we went to Smeeze and we got the stopwatch and we went up to Durling Park and my dad would say, Go to that tree. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Okay. Run as fast as you can to that tree and, and come back. So that's what I would do. And he would say, Oh, 40 seconds or whatever, you know, and yeah. isn't it funny, a stopwatch. Now we've got yeah. this on our phones and we had this yeah, little, was yeah. so funny, so funny. So, uh, you know, he would say that was two seconds better than your last effort or whatever. Yes. But, but really what my dad was doing he's a super smart guy is he was keeping me excited and engaged long enough to wear me out. You know, yeah.
0: smart guy. Enough,
1: <laughs> when I got back home, my mom wasn't losing her mind with, uh, mm. I'm bored. I'm bored. Can we go somewhere? Can we do something? You know? And then we would sit down together as a family and, uh, I could, you know, behave like, the rest of the humans in my household. And I started just doing that more and more. I I went to private school. My parents sent us to Catholic school. And um, uh, very early, probably 10, 11, I struggled a lot to do what everyone else was doing. You know, they would be sitting and seeming like they were fine. And I had that crawling out of my skin feeling, you know? and um like oh my gosh if i don't get out of here i might explode and i would watch the clock and i'm grateful you know my brain works pretty good so yeah people to keep up with the class even though i wasn't keeping up with the class i was in another complete other world i was in deep in my head mm-hmm. i i was a great doodler and i would spend the entire period doodling watching the clock and just just waiting for recess you know just praying and waiting for recess oh yes and uh, when i was six i actually broke this wrist i was climbing the monkey bars and the nun was ringing the bell it was time to go in (laughs) and i just had to had to get to the end you know and uh she kelly she rang the bell down i went you know (laughs) This, oh, this wrist was here, and the hand, the arm was down here. I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's broken." Yeah. Anyhow, I just uh, that that was my happy time. You know, that's when yeah. I felt good. And then we'd go back into the classroom, and it would be a problem all over again. And I would have to go home at the end of the school day mm-hmm. and relearn all the work that was taught during the day by myself. So mm-hmm. it was a burden, but I right. didn't I didn't understand it. But luckily. Right you know, I'm a driven person and I was motivated. So yes. I did the work. And, uh, obviously today at 48 years old, I recognize that I have a neurological disorder and that's what, <clears throat> that's what ADHD is. It's a neurological disorder. And, uh, you know, I take medication for that and most of the times it works, but you're going to have to, you know,
0: it's going to be a, a couple of in. Yeah, Yeah. I try not
1: to go too deep in because I also can, you know, be a storyteller. So try not to go too deep in. But essentially, it was, again, that Pavlov's dog thing that I'm talking about Mm -hmm. where I moved my body. I felt okay. I felt- you
0: made that connection early on because that, see, that right there is an important pivotal point that you're making right there is that somehow your nine-year-old, 10-year-old 12 year old, maybe even up to 15, 16 year old self knew that this is a difference maker for me. And, Mm -hmm. and one thing I didn't mention at the beginning of this is I'm calling this series success leaves clues. And the reason I'm calling it this is because if we all have the opportunity or the, just the quiet time and what's a better time during quarantine to look back and really get introspective about our lives, um, we can suddenly gain a lot of clarity over what you know. What we were when we were growing up is who we probably should be when we're older. So, in other words, the things that you loved as a six-year-old, as a seven-year-old, is your almost nirvana as a as an older person, an adult. And then to be able to make a living out of whatever it is that you loved as a six-year-old, because you did it uninhibited, you weren't being judged. Yep, right? Yep. So people weren't like condemning you for this. It was just like, oh, she's a rambunctious 6-year-old and and <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's who you were when you yeah. were 6 and so that's your best clue that you knew that hmm, I'm kind of athletic, I'm fast, I like to move my body and it makes me feel good. That's right. And so you were starting that picture was starting to come together. Right. So now Tell me about like, now that let's bring you up to 18. So what did you do and were you as focused or certain and driven at 18 as you were maybe when you were like 15? What happened
1: after 18? Where'd you go from there? Funny that you, that you asked that because I, again, I still had the deep desire to be really physical. So I joined the military. Oh (laughs) my God. I (laughs) forgot. That's the military. And I joined the Air Force and I was a bit bummed, you know, not knocking the Air Force, but I was a bit bummed at how, what I would call simple, you know, the, the athletic portion. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was thinking, gosh, I'm going to be, you know, getting dirty and climbing in the mud and doing obstacles and sorry, Air Force, but you just aren't that hard, you know? It was like you had had to run a mile to to get through basic training, and, you know, so, but what I did do, it was in San Antonio, Texas, in the middle of the summer. It was very hot, which I love to be hot, so it wasn't a problem for me, but what I did do was I I entertained myself, and I passed the time by helping all the out-of-shapers, as I call them, hmm Get through boot camp.
0: There's another clue.
1: Get that mile in. And so much to the point where we were out on a red flag day, which means you can't be out on red flag days too hot, you know. Oh, oh, and, sure. You know, we we got the whole Airman, do you not see that flag? You know, <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah. So, you know, but I think it's wow. an important part of the story to know my military background, uh, because my father was army mm-hmm. and I was raised in a house of, you know, structure and, and discipline and rules. And my dad love you. I know you're probably listening. You're going to, you're going to be like, what's she going to say about me? Yeah. Um, literally the softest hardest man you'll ever meet in your life (laughs) well said yeah yes the scariest most loving gentle human being in the world but you didn't want to be in trouble by my dad you know you didn't want to be waiting all day for the spanking that was going to come at the end of the day you knew what's coming yeah well because Mm -hmm. my mom would say you know wait till your dad gets home and this is how they work together (laughs) yeah yeah when dad got home he'd say where are they you know and it was that kind of a thing my sister and I knew, you know, you squeeze your butt in tight enough, it wasn't gonna hurt. <laughs> so you, get, you get one swat, but it was more of a just the uh, the disappointment, you know, I, I hated to disappoint my father, but I, I actually took that discipline and that structure that I learned from, you know, my basic training and from my father. And then it became an extra layer of kind of the, the person that I am. And mm-hmm. I also recognized how much more humans are capable of than they think and yeah it became my job really to go uh so i say this a lot to people so so i mean if you really say that to yourself so like everything that you say and you say so after it anything is achievable like that's
0: so good that's so good
1: so yes, and, I love uh, it. so people because people feed me so many excuses and reasons why oh, I, I know like me I, I can't take your class i'll die <laughs> and i give you a so you know yeah exactly and, I, and and honestly that's why i'm loving these virtual classes right now because a lot of people who maybe would have wanted to take my classes and didn't kind of out of some sort of fear or anxiety right of being in a group setting right you're doing it hey you can turn your video off and you can do as much or as little as you want i'm still gonna yell at you and it's up to yeah. you whether or not you know it's up yeah to she you does know. by the yeah, way that's she my thing do. i like to yeah. do that it's up to you whether or not you you know you want to do it or not but i yeah. learned um that we're capable of a lot and so i was pushed in that way and i became you know just super passionate about pushing myself to my limits to see what they were, you know, and I haven't found them yet. I have a wow, meeting crazy. in 40 minutes with, uh, with my girlfriend who's gonna try to get me into a handstand, you know, cause I've never been able to do handstands. So this is just part of my personal growth and journey. You know, we are amazing humans and, and I like to strip everything away from myself and from other people, the story, you know, that we tell yeah. ourselves. the Yes, this.
0: we and all have the story. And, and, and your intentional, what, what's great right now and that I want to get, get into a little bit with yeah. you is that um, goal setting, you dare to have goals, and, and but you're one of the lucky ones that naturally you know, you just have to do it. And, and I, I, always, I know I have said to you in the past that it reminds me of, I took a little like course or whatever on Ayurveda, which, you know, it's the, the doshas and how humans are, are in like three different dosha groups being, right. you know, vata, air and wind, and then pitta, which is water and fire. And that is you. Oh, yeah. And then there's kapha, <laughs> which are more grounded and, and peaceful. So you're earth you know, and you are very pitta fire and driven. So tell me Mm -hmm. about how not only, you know, have you always been goal centric? I mean, you've always like pushed yourself, but how did this then start to take shape into a career for you? Like, how did you start to pull all these pieces of yourself together? Go, Huh? I need to do something about this. And then we're going to start to wedge into your entrepreneurial kind of.
1: Okay. Yeah, good. Intentions. Yeah. Cause good Lord, I could stay stuck in 18 and under for five hours, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh gosh. Yes. I understand. I mean, there's
1: a lot there, but yeah. yeah. So I wish, I wish that I would have figured it out sooner. I will say yeah, that. We
0: all do. We all do.
1: <laughs> I wish I would have figured it out sooner. I wish I would have, you know, learned how to tap into my gut and how to start to go, you know, well, how can you make a living out of what you love? Because that's what I think is so important. And I heard Melanie Robbins say, I just love her. And I heard her say, I love all the Robins. I love Tony, love Melanie. Oh, yeah. I heard her say, You don't find your passion. Because everybody's like, Oh, you know, I, w- I wish I could find my passion. Passion isn't something you find, it's something you feel. It's already in you, right? It's, it's already complete, in like, you.
0: Know, your six-year-old
1: self knows it, you know, yeah, and that's why
0: you need to reintroduce yourself to your six-year-old. They know what you're passionate yeah. about. They did it with reckless abandonment.
1: Exactly. And that's what I tell people, Karen, I say to people, you know, what are the things that you do during your day that bring you the most joy? Whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. it might be cooking, you know, it might be the cleaning up part. Hey, some, yeah, people, yeah, like some to, people like that. Some people want to organize and tidy, whatever. But Marie what Kondo, I, yeah, what a, a whole brand. brand. Does it spark joy? Yeah, it sparks you know. joy. I love, I love that whole spark joy thing, but me I think too. there's something to that. And essentially that's like, does it feel good, right? And right. it's the same thing with your passion. Like when I do certain things, I do them cause I have to, I want to get them done quickly so I can move on to the things that feel good that bring me joy, right? Because right. whatever that other thing was, it's just not my passion. I do it because I have to, but I'm not passionate about it.
0: Yeah. There's the have tos and there's the want tos, you know, and
1: things I do during the day though, that I love and I'm passionate about. Well, here's the thing that people need to really understand. A lot of people will say to me, I don't know what my passion is. You don't, you know, yes, you do. What are the things that light you up? What are the things that spark joy? Marie? Right. Every day. What are the things that spark joy for you? that's your passion. Now what you have to do is recognize that that wouldn't be your passion if that wasn't supposed to be your contribution, right? That's what you're supposed to contribute to the world. So I felt very going against the grain, very like, just phony. Like I was living a false life. Cause I was in finance for many years. I worked in bank. Oh dear. That seems light years away. <laughs> yeah, I just, from- you know, I, I came out of the military. I went to college and I got my degree and I went into finance and that I did that for 14 years in one aspect or another. And I, I always was just, I felt very dissatisfied and, I would say a lot, and if you're listening to this or watching this, and you say this to yourself or to anyone else, I want you to commit to making a change. But I would say to myself a lot, I mean, what's the point? What, how is what I'm doing, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. How is what I'm doing exactly. making a difference in everybody's life? Yes. It just wasn't. I was like, so I'm making these little tweaks that are charging people more insufficient fund fees or whatever, you know what I mean? Right. And it just, to me, it wasn't fulfilling. But it
0: is for other people. That's the interesting things. Um, so, you know, as a side note, like my husband has been in the finance, you know, whole thing since college and, um, and that like fulfills him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there's just people who have different poles in their lives, different things that they feel yeah. full and alive and connected with. That's right. Some people can find that in corporate America. And I still have friends who have definitely found that oh, um, yeah. without a doubt. But you were one and I was one. We're kindred spirits that way where you and I worked together in corporate America. And we were both like at the same time, really like, what's the point How are we doing
1: <laughs> <What's> the <laughs> the point? Point? Yeah. What, what is, is the point for us yeah but i agree no and that's the thing like there are what seven billion people in the world and mm-hmm. we are all built so differently think of yep. all of the things that need to happen though in our society so that we can all enjoy life right that's exactly. why everybody has an important contribution. But I'm just saying you got to find yours, right? Yeah, your and joy. Yeah. I hope yours is in banking because mine wasn't. We need bankers, right? So, yeah, yeah. So if, I'm glad yours was. <laughs> if you yeah. wake up in the morning with fire in your belly and you're excited about the work you're doing, and here's the other thing, you also know it's your passion when you're good at it, when it comes easy, you know? if it doesn't come easy for you, it's probably not your contribution, you know, because you should just, talk on that. Like yeah, we, we need guys. to
0: talk about that because yeah. that is the crux of this. How do I know what my passion is or how, you know, how do I do anything about it or what, how is it going to make my life any better? Oh, you just do not even understand the right. difference that is when you're living okay in not only doing something that you love, but you're intentionally seeking it. And every day you wake up and it's like, Boom. The first thing on your mind, how am I going to make more headway towards like right. the goal of, of this thing that I love to do? What yeah. am I going to do today to better myself? Right. At what point did you become more intentional? Cause I know that yeah. you've had some business, you know, um, success already and you've had, you've built out a brand already that was awesome for a, you know, a, a nice long chunk of time. Yeah. Yeah. A sure. lasting brand.
1: So funny, Also, I'll just really quickly go back to my finance career, my, my gig. Yeah, and how you made the Because um, I found out on the little intranet, you know, the, the internal internet site that the bank that I was at had access to a gym that nobody knew about. It was like an old benefit that was buried in the intranet. Wow. So I was like, wow, we have access to this gym. So at lunchtime, I started taking, you know, my little cube mates with me over to the gym and we would work out and we would get up, you know, 1150 or whatever. And, you know, people would see us leave the same time, come back and then word got out. And then my little group of two was like, fifth, became like 15. Oh, the
0: Pied Piper. Here and you are. So,
1: funny. so there was a whole crew. We'd go over, I'd write out these workouts, you know, and I got so much joy out of just First of all, the community, you know, just the community of people going together and enjoying that. And second of all, just the fun that I had pushing them and we all had pushing each other and Mm -hmm. seeing people, you know, make great strides. It just, it was so rewarding until the little gym that we were at was like, where are all these people coming from? (laughs) And then they, they shut you down. Yeah. They (sighs) told us the benefit was, was over Oh, dang. Um, So, but it was during those years that, gosh, that was probably 13, 14 years ago now. It was during those years that I would say, if someone would just teach or someone would just pay me to teach yoga, if someone would just pay me to lift weights, I'd be the happiest person in the world. So (laughs) what I want to say to everybody is, What is your, if someone would pay me to do X, I'd be the happiest person in the world. Good
0: question. You know? Good question.
1: Because the answer to that is your true passion. It's your true contribution.
0: There is no doubt. I I phrase it in the way that, I would do this for free, so therefore I know this is what I love to do. Because even if you yes. didn't pay me, I would still be doing this.
1: Doing okay. <laughs> you know? it free, and I've been doing my virtual classes for free for the past probably six. Yes, you
0: years. have, and
1: it, it's been bringing me so much joy. You know, but I want to. I want to stay on path with with your question. And you you kind of wanted to talk a little bit about how I actually turned this thought into reality.
0: Into a thing, because yeah. thoughts become things. And yeah. so I want to see yeah. that whole process of how it became this out here, from yeah. here to
1: here. So I I was just at, this is at the point that you and I were working together. Yeah. And I just knew I, it was like, I was like, what's the point, right? Like I said to you before, right. this, this isn't, I felt like, like God or the universe or whatever your thing is, whatever you believe in, hopefully you believe in something that's, you know, pulling you to contribute to Mm -hmm. the world that you're living in. But I felt like I, I believe in God. So I'll just say God. I felt like God was going to be severely disappointed in the way I spent my life here. You know, if I stayed in that job that I was in before, like Kelly, like I had under the line. Yeah. I thought he was, I thought he, I thought I'd meet up with him someday and he'd be like, man, you blew it. Yeah. You you blew it. I had so many bigger things planned for you. You were supposed to go out and, you know, live with joy and passion. And, and that was supposed to be your contribution. You weren't supposed to do that, you know, eight to five job that you were so dissatisfied with. And that's, that's another thing I'll say to people like that gut, right, Karen, you're talking about, that like dissatisfaction in your soul, that like feeling of Hmm. unfulfillment, Yes, that's your spirit, your soul telling you something's off, something's wrong, something's majorly wrong. You need to listen to that. And you can't just push it aside because you have bills. Because that's when I would say so, You know, that's when I'm going to say to you, so like I've, I've sacrificed a lot to get where I am and I'm rebuilding again, kind of back from square one after having fitness studios for the past 10 years. But the way that I, I got my first fitness studio is, you know, I didn't quit my day job because here's the thing. Don't add that stress to yourself. Everybody needs to eat. Everybody, right. Right. A lot of people just, I'm going to, I'm going to, teach yoga and make a living at it. Probably not, not right out of the gate. Yeah. Not likely. Yeah. Yeah. It might be, if you can get a gig, it might be some nice extra fun money for you, but it's not going to pay your bills. Right? So the first thing I say to people is keep your, keep your day job. Right? So you don't have that stress. And then you're just going to have to work in those odd hours to find time to build your dreams. So, so that's what I did. I actually found a little studio in town that would let me rent space And three, I rented three hours a week and I went in there and I put some flyers up. I mean, it was really, this was 13, 11 years ago, 12 years ago. And so it was really before, you know, the web wasn't as popular. Right. Instagram, you know, Mm -hmm. there wasn't even Facebook, I don't think. So essentially I just put flyers up places and people started coming to my class. And then when I got about 50 regular members, the owner of, of this studio, and I'm still friends with him today, Judd Beakler and Deborah Hinkle, his wife, at the yoga factory in town, they said, You can do this, you know. So, and look for cheerleaders in your life. I will say that. Yes. Cheerleaders and supporters.
0: Always them. If you look yeah. for them, they're always yeah. on
1: the sidelines there. But here's the thing. When if they want. see you, right, right, Karen, if they see you fulfilling your passion. And they know you're good at the thing, you know. Yep. They want they want you to do it. Like good people want you to be successful. Yes, they what do. They think your contribution is right. Yes, so, there's no question. Yeah, they were great people, and they were just like, you can do this. You you can do this. Go mm-hmm. out on your own, and you know. So, girl, I rented a um, a tiny little. It used to be a realtor's office, and it was just okay. one big room. And I rented it, it was the exact same rental price as my monthly mortgage payment. So I was freaking out a little bit. Oh,
0: now see, there's the risk. See, that's the taking the risk and um, what I call like flexing your courage muscle, right? You have to do it with a wing and a prayer. You have no idea, you're gonna pay that down payment and all of a sudden you owe something? What if no one shows? You know, you have a million things you have to overcome, right?
1: It's a little scary and I think I signed a two year lease right out of the bat. Good so scary, you know, and I have, I have a family and I was putting everybody yes. kind of, everybody was at risk because I wanted to take this risk, but I had yes. supporters I and cheerleaders and that, that helped so, so much. So just fast forward, that business really grew and I ended up with a partner an investor and we had two studios and that's what I've done the past 10 years is I've run those studios and built those studios. And now I'm out on my own building another brand. But it's fun Here you go again. It was the gut again, though. You know, my gut was like, I used to say to people. So here's the other thing I'll say to all of you out there. What are the things you say out loud to people? Right? Mm. Like, do you really hear yourself? Because I used to say to people, gosh, I wish I could get in front of so many more people than these studio walls would hold. Mm. I said that all the time. I would go in every class and I felt like, you know, I had something to contribute. Right. It wasn't just about fitness for me, as you know, it was about the message, you know, it was, yeah, yeah. It's the whole emotional connection the mind body. What I learned when I was a little girl, you know, I do this, I feel this way. So the end result, that's what drove me like, Hey, so I would take that time in my militant way that you either love or hate. Yeah. I would tell these people, you know, these things like, Hey, Are you listening to your gut? You know, what were you put here to do? Is that really what you were put here to do? Is that all the better that you are going to ask of yourself at the end of your life? Do you feel really good about what you did? You know, are you going to have to stand in front of someone at the end and say, well, you know what? I didn't, I didn't want to feel uncomfortable. So I didn't take that risk, you know, because I read a meme the other day and it said, everybody loves a stubborn heart. Right. And it's so Uh (laughs) I'm like, you might mm-hmm. laugh at me and I'm gonna fall and I take a lot of risks, so with that comes mm-hmm. failure. And you know, you might enjoy that, but just know I'm always getting up. I'm always getting up. Oh yeah, you ain't staying down back for back. long, I mean. Down. Like I, I might just keep getting drugged through the mud. I might keep getting <laughs> knocked down and it's probably funny to watch. But I think what's, what's really highly entertaining to watch is the get up. You know,
0: oh you know, gosh, yes, like
1: watch this, watch this girl get up, she just doesn't stay down for long. And so, at the end of my life, I want to be able to stand in front of whoever I have to stand in front of and whoever I have to answer to and go, Yeah, whew, that was yeah, a that was something. a hell of a ride, yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> that was something. You know, but I mean, yes, I loved every bit of it because I always tell people it's not the things we accumulate; it's the experiences. You know.
0: Oh, I agree I with that I- completely. And so, when you live so limited and you're so fearful of of the risk, because I saw I saw a um, quote. Let me think of this. Was it say something like people would prefer to live in misery than? in, uh, something about being uncomfortable than ever trying to put themselves in an uncomfortable place for growth, something like wow. that. And I'm like, it's so true though, because it's wow. easier to be miserable and safe, you yeah. know, and predictable than to really yeah. kind of step out of your comfort zone and go, okay, um, here I am. You know, like, okay, what do you, you know, like, come what may, you know, you know, it's just so hard to do that. And so only certain people are willing to.
1: Well, here's the thing about that. You know, I have taken a lot of risks. I have made a lot of changes in my life and I'm here to tell you, it is brutal. Okay. I don't ever want to sugarcoat that. (laughs) I don't ever want to sugarcoat it. You are going to cry yourself to sleep at night. Yep. You are going to be filled with so much fear and Mm -hmm. emptiness and loneliness. And it's in the emptiness and the loneliness that you find what was meant to fill you up.
0: You are in receiving mode. I say that all the time. Once you finally drive over that cliff and you're in midair... It's like the inspiration from the universe, just all of a sudden, it it just engulfs you.
1: It's it's so true, Karen. It's amazing. amazing. It is amazing. When you empty out everything that wasn't serving you, right? Yes, all the toxic. Everything that you wanted to change in your life. And when you eliminate relationships or jobs or whatever it is, anything that's bringing you unhappiness and you eliminate it, Mm-hmm. What do you do when it's gone? You have created space, right? right. You created space. And so creating the space, I'm here to tell you, is the hardest part, right? You create the space, but if you don't make room, the good stuff that was meant for you has nowhere to go. Falls off the side. It's, it's like the the end of the yeah. cup, it, you know the overspill of the cup and in. then, yeah, yeah, it can't get in. It can't get in, but i'm I'm not gonna ever, ever lie to you or tell you that that process is easy. I hope you have an easier journey than I have. You know, I have had to empty out everything and then I'm very careful about what I let back in, but I'll tell you, you know, it's funny. I have a really hard time like going into yoga class and okay. So age, there is something about wisdom comes with age, right? Yoga class and there's a new 19 year old who just got his, 200 hour you know yoga teacher training certificate and she's yeah. you know giving me all of the directions of the universe you know yeah. i have a i have a hard time receiving that because you know i just feel like how much have you lived you know but here i am at, at 48 and i'm telling you i've been through it all
0: wisdom so, born of pain much.
1: yes mm-hmm. and so As much as I wish I didn't have to live through some of this pain, and I Mm -hmm. wish that I didn't have to just take that journey, I just don't think that it's possible to fully be who you're supposed to be or contribute. You won't grow. Yeah. You won't grow. Without that. So I guess I would say to people, you know, just understand if your gut is saying something's out of whack, something's off balance, Mm -hmm. then you have to ask yourself, what needs emptied? Yeah. Right? And then it's on you to do it. You can do it, Karen, what you said, and stay in that unhappy place because it's safe and comfortable because, hey, if you're afraid to be uncomfortable, then don't make changes in your life because you will get, you are going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to be the same person in 10 years from now. Yeah, that what you are right now, and
0: that was the pivotal point where I couldn't even mm-hmm. deal with that anymore because I was so uncomfortable. They say like when an eagle has his little eaglets in his nest, that they make you know, mama eagle eventually makes that nest really uncomfortable for the eaglets, so that way they won't get too comfortable. Like feed me, feed me, you know, and Pick wait for out. everything. He's trying to. Uh, you know, all the sticks, and so they'll fly out and get out on their own, and the so that's how she kicks them out of the nest. And so when you are feeling that uncomfortableness mm-hmm. in your own life or your nest, yeah. I just say, you know, that's why I'm highlighting people like you, and I'm, I'm going through the journey myself too. That yeah. you have the dis, you have the choice to act on it. All I knew is I couldn't not act. I uh-huh. couldn't be who I was ten years from now, yeah. and still do nothing. I'm doing the same exact thing. And I'm the same exact person. I haven't grown. I haven't stretched myself. And so that's why I think that this is so important. What you're saying right now, it's the journey. It's the, you have to get real comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you want growth, yeah,
1: you do. And you know, you just have to know, I will say this to people, cause there will be really dark days. You know, I never want anyone to think that this has been an easy journey for me because I've, keep getting up when I shouldn't, you know, I recognize that I recognize that (laughs) I'm getting up when I'm like, wow, maybe I should have just stayed down because, you know, it's, it's just such a journey, but you know, if you don't do it, if you don't do it, you'll never know. Right. You'll never know. So what I, what I want people to do is just get really curious about the, what if, you know, Mm -hmm. and allow the, what if to drive them. But here's what I'll say when you hit the dark days, because I've had some lately. I found out that I am very impacted by lack of sunshine. I think I am as well. Yes. I do believe seasonal that. It's affective disorder, it's a thing. The days that I wake up and the sun shining, I'm like, oh, I'm singing in the rain, just singing. Mm-hmm. You know, the days when I get mm-hmm. up in the potty, I'm literally, I feel like- Heavy. <laughs> there's a, what we, we called it in track, you know, we call it the bear on your back. You know, <laughs> start out real good, and then you just a bear that bear gets on your back, and you go real slow. I, I feel like that bear is on my back. But here's what I really want to say to people: it's just such an important thing to to say and to hear is that, you know, you won't feel this way tomorrow. You know, yes. you yes. have to recognize that this is exactly. how I today, but I right. know I won't feel this way always. Mm-hmm. And if I continue to feel this way, you can say to yourself, if I continue to feel this way for X number of days, I'll talk to someone or I'll get help or yeah. I'll reach out. Right? right. But for me, I know I'm going to have crap days, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, well, hell today's mm-hmm. not, today's not a great day, you know, but what, what keeps me going and, and chugging along is that I know there are so many great days down the road and around the corner. Plus I'm really curious to see what happens on the journey? You know, it's it's really fun. Oh, it's really cool
0: when you can wake up in this intentional living space. Yes. It's like, I, I describe it as almost yeah. like magic is everywhere, all yeah. around you. I mean, like no yeah. matter what, what? Every day there is always these touch points of magic, little touches yeah. of light. It's really interesting. Yeah. Like you'll see like the same number pop up here and there. I, you know, I'm seeing oh, the 111 all okay. the time. I'm so, oh. I'm so focused that I, I see it all the time now where I was just living on rope before where I didn't see it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a different space. That's what intentional living feels like That's and, and being, being mm-hmm. intentional
1: with it. Yeah. So, you know, that, you know, people think I teach fitness, but I don't, that's what I try. I'm trying so hard for people to understand that I don't, I'm not teaching fitness. I'm teaching you how to live your life with joy, to take risks, to find strength you didn't know that you had and to go after whatever it is your passion is and to contribute because here, Tony Robbins will say all the time, like, when a human is not contributing, mm-hmm. they're completely dissatisfied with their life. There's no happiness there. We're happiest. We're very complicated, complex creatures, right? But we're happiest when we're contributing, when we're giving back. That's what we crave to do. That's what we want to do. So, yes. you know, just staying on that path. It is. So tell me about what you're doing
0: yes. here right now and where people yes. can find you and yeah, follow
1: up. Okay, great. So right now I'm I'm, <laughs> it worked out great for me because I'm in the land of virtual fitness. Remem- yeah, remember, remember, you should you should always listen to the things you say out loud. And remember, I said the thing I always said out loud was, gosh, I just I love you know teaching to these people on these four walls. But here's the thing: it was the same people all the time getting my message too. Your regulars, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I kind of wanted like. I feel like my contribution is this message that I have for people and the way that I deliver the message through the fitness, use the fitness as a vehicle, right? Right. It's a vehicle, right. To, to get the message in there. And, and it goes very well hand in hand with what you're saying, you know, this awareness of life, Mm -hmm. you know, just Mm -hmm. opening up and kind of living living in the present moment and all of that. So that's that's what I'm teaching people to do. And I would say, you know, gosh, I don't want to be limited by these walls. So now I call it no walls, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, have, I like uh, it. I have no walls virtual fitness. And I'm able to reach a lot of people. I have friends tuning in from California. I had a friend from London tune in. So it's just been amazing. People who used to take my classes that have moved out of the state have been able to be with me again. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just hoping to grow this whole thing because really, I'm not in it for the physique you know, that's a nice, I always say that's a nice byproduct. That's a nice symptom of it. But that's not- I, a- I, would, I would take that from you. That would be great. <laughs> that's hey, not I'm- why I do it. That's not why I do it. But see, You know, that's the beautiful thing is that you do the work for the purpose, right? And then the physique just comes and the, the low heart rate just comes. The low bro- blood pressure just comes. The right food choice making just comes. Yeah, yeah those, that does. Those are byproducts of- right tapping into the soul i call it the soul state right so this is my whole um contribution the reason why i think god someday might say you know what? good job kelly good job i put that in yeah. and you did something yeah. about it you did something well i mean i thought that last time i knocked you down you were gonna stay down but you know <laughs> nope. not my good girl job. once in a while someone will send me a text and say huh you know what just watching you get back up has been pretty entertaining. Love it. Like, well, Love you.
0: it. Well, I I mean, that's one of the reasons you're here as my very first inaugural guest.
1: Oh, I'm so I'm honored, honored to have be. Had here. So many,
0: you know, you know, ups and downs and challenges, but you just come out swinging and and uh-huh. you know, you're still a, a bright light. Ah. And you know what? Optimistic.
1: Thank you, Karen, and it's so funny. I will tell you. So getting, um, uncomfortable is another muscle like anything. And I'm not yeah. going to drone on forever, but we could, we could break this up into so many. So I know
0: many- we could, well, we may have to have another touch base yeah. and tell yeah. the rest of the story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'll leave my, I'll leave my website at the end. But, but what, what I really just kind of want to say is that I just want people to not find their passion, but feel their passion. Right. I love it. Yep. Not find All their passion, you. feel their passion get okay with getting uncomfortable and then the last thing i'll say about getting uncomfortable is that just like anything just like a muscle right that you train over time i always say what once was difficult will become easy what once was difficult will become easy if you do anything enough Mm -hmm. it becomes easy it's like it does it does it's mindless you don't even have to think about it it's like breathing right right being uncomfortable is no different than that. It is absolutely no different than that. The first hundred times that you're really brutally uncomfortable, mm-hmm. it's difficult. The hundred and first time, or whatever the number is for you. Yep, it's amazing. moves. It, you know, now I just go so? Then <laughs> <laughs> you'll go. You will. You'll just really a little oh. compassion,
0: please. Yeah. For not fitness forward. <laughs> <friend."> no, <laughs> she just harasses in these classes you know, by you right you know. now. He you know, no I'm going to, I'm going yeah. to,
1: I'm going to ride you and say, so, because I don't care about the fitness for you. I yeah. care about what's going to come out and of stretchy. you. Stretchy. Yeah. The borders out and... of you from the fitness that you're doing. Yes. You know, that's what I care about. And I just want everyone to know that, you know, even being uncomfortable gets easy. You know, I, I feel, I find it quite easy to be joyful and happy, even in my unhappiest times. I'm, this is a little apartment. I lived in a house for, you know, many, many years. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things is like, so Kelly, you want to start another business? Well, you know what? You're probably going to have to downsize. If you're not willing to do those things for your passion, well, then you're never going to have a passion-filled, purpose-filled life, right? You're never going to have true you're happiness. Yeah. You're not going to reach your soul state. And to, to this be country,
0: uncomfortable.
1: So what if someone says, hey, you're going to have to sell half of your shoes and half of your handbags. Oh, I can't do that. I can't yeah. do that because if I if I do that, Good. yeah, well then, see, then I say so. Yeah, so, so okay. Sell okay. them all. You know, if it means you're going to live, really live, But, you know, you gotta, you gotta break out of that mold and you gotta let, you gotta let fear tap in and you gotta let it live there and you gotta be okay with the fact that You
0: gotta coexist with the fear. You do because the fear is what is like the gasoline on the fire, which is the fire that's, you know, burning like your, your fire of, um, will, determination, your vision, your vision gets so much clearer, your, um, creativity. It's very juicy. It's very flow state. It's very juicy. I mean, when, when you do it with the fear and you, and you do stuff that you never thought you would even want or try or ever accomplish doing. I love it. I love now that. And then
1: one, the funny thing is, is that you just have to get unfrozen and you have to do one thing. Yes. One Uh, thing. You're right. You, you don't know necessarily what the end point looks like. I have a strong vision of what I want to accomplish and what I want to do, but I don't necessarily know where this whole thing's going to take me. I know that I love helping people. I know that I, I want them to use fitness as a vehicle to tap into their soul, right? Because that's when they're going to figure life out. That's when they're going to figure their life out and, Oh, they're just going to be healthy and happy as a result, and look pretty. And And that's that's just a nice byproduct. Exactly. Exactly. It's just a byproduct. So that's my work. That's my contribution. You can find me on Kelly Sodergren Method. It's a mouthful, kellysodergrenmethod.com. And we'll put it in the notes. if we. Yeah, I'll
0: put it in the show notes so you guys will be able to no doubt find her and any new things you have going, I'm going to throw that in the show notes as well. You're amazing.
1: I'm going to ask you if I can interview you. Because um, this will be the next show that I want everybody to see. Is that Karen is fascinating and multifaceted and just one of the absolute best human beings I've ever met in my entire life. And we are kindred spirits because we have stayed together all these years and we, we won- clicked right out of the gate. Oh, right. And that's what you, you know what? Mm-hmm. Pay attention to those things because those are your people, you know? Yep. Those are, those are your people. Well, I can't thank you enough for having me today. Absolutely. It was and my pleasure. Mine. <laughs> and I will be seeing you very soon and talking to you all very soon. All right. Thank you, Kelly, for your time. Thank and have you. a good one. All right. Bye, baby. Bye.